London dropped his dignity. Yeah. So I can't believe it. Everything you said was true. How is this place real? The cream of the crop come right here. I could mistake for a king and queen. How much did these tickets cost? We'll worry about that later. Right now, there's only tonight. There's only us. Dukes and lords and Russian czars, men who own their motor cars, throw up their shoulders to that raggedy melody. Whoa, whoa, not so fast. I think we've all had enough of that for now. Ah, don't give me that. And don't give these folks that either. They're certainly sicker of it than I am. Heh. <laughs> Live with it, Squeaky. Be sure to shut the door on your way out. And stay out! <laughs> Good riddance to you, you puffed-up pile of pretension. Your time and place was two hours ago. Your crowd has since gone to four-post bed, smoked out on their Cuban cigars. The only people awake now are those hungry for the earthy realism that only Grotius the Great can provide. And provide it he will, folks, because I've got a whopper of a show headed your way. It's Grotius! Uh, thank you, thank you, you're all too kind. Except you, you could use some work. All right, folks, ready to get this show on the road? Eh, that's what I thought. Good to be back, good to be back. How's it, old chestnut go? I just flew in from Philly, and boy, are my wings tired. <laughs> wings, get it? Take my wife, please. Don't actually laugh at that garbage. You wicked westerners, how many of there are you? The regulars, of course. From union halls and car parks, butcher shops and boiler rooms. Even a few worker bees of the radio station itself kind enough to join me as a chorus in the studio. The dust accumulating under humanity's radio, all gathered here for a smoke break. Just as it's always been. You folks want a show? You folks want a show? You folks want a show? That guy's the right idea. We have to be quick about it. You know, they kick me out of here at 1 a.m. sharp every single night. It's true. There's another bit they have to make time for. A late-night cowboy soap. Midnight train conductors and security guards in Billings, Montana need radio, too. It's all right. I don't mind. I'm used to it. Where do I sleep? The janitor closet floor can be surprisingly comfortable. Beats paying rent. Hey, Grody? What? Hate to rain on your parade, Grody, but we're gonna need the floor earlier. 12.45, you gotta be packed and out. Boss's orders. Packed up by 12.45? Are they buying up my slot, too? They might be. They have some prop they have to set up for their show. A big wooden thingamajig they plan on tearing down in front of the microphones. Look, I don't give the orders, I just relay them. From the big boss himself, the one who always stamps his letters with a little owl. He's gonna have a new schedule for you soon, the letter said. You know I'm on air right now. There are people listening to this as we speak. You couldn't have given me this memo before the show started? It can't be helped. I give the orders as soon as I get them. Your fans will be fine. If they're up this late, I don't think they're extra busy. I'll be back closer to the hour. Don't dawdle, Grody. Can you believe this? The uncommunicativeness. The disdain. I thought I left the circus years ago. 
It's all right, though. I knew this might happen, and I'm prepared. I just want to say I'm glad to be back. I really am. For those of you who don't know, I went all the way to Paris for vacation last week. I know, right? Even me, they let out of the cage every once in a while. Traveling across that ocean. Jeez, I thought I had died and been reborn. No one on the boat knew who I was. I wore a nice double-breasted wool suit, ate buttered salmon, smoked pita stock by tobacco, read the Atlantic. I could have been a Rockefeller for all they knew. When I got to Paris, I stayed in a hotel by the Seine. I ate pork shank and beef bourguignon with onion sauce and port wine. Pretty young students rode on bicycles and waved at me. The same schmuck who can barely get a waiter at his favorite bar. At night, I have walked the banks of the river. Just as all the lights were going up, old folks took off their caps and said, How do? It seemed like they had all been waiting for me to come there. The whole city, all in white. Oily lights on the dark rivers. The cream of the crop saying, How do? to me. Me? Jeez. Let me tell you. The whole world was art back then. Then I come back here. And I immediately get screamed at by a cab driver. Squealing pistons and dirty streets, and a cramped bedroom with no one in it but me. And now they're kicking me out early so they can play with their Lincoln Logs. Well, no more. Tonight is special. Just to let you folks know in advance, tonight's gonna be a little different from the others. Tonight, we're gonna give a little credit where credit is due. Now I don't mean me. I'm of course talking about Henry Challenger, my best friend and companion for many years. Give him a hand, folks. It's his third anniversary on my show and it deserves to be celebrated. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> uh, thank you all very much, everybody. I couldn't have done it without you. Yes, yes, it's very nice. They all love you too, Henry. Now... The business. Henry, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? Uh, well, uh, let me think. Uh, an end to all these good folks' money troubles? Okay, very good. I'm sure FDR will be proud. But what would you want most in the world, Henry? Think about you. Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, well, I guess, uh, uh, a lot of money in a bar sounds kind of good right now. Yes, very good, Henry. And guess what? That's exactly what you're going to get. A paid expenses, charge-free tab at a high-class midtown bar. What do you think, folks? Pretty generous? Gosh, Grody, that's real nice of you. How can I ever repay? No need, kind and noble friend. You've given me enough in these past years to last several lifetimes. Don't waste time, Henry. Your prize awaits. Leave the studio and take the train and go to West 52nd Street. Follow it west until you reach a bar called the Elysian Fields. Go in and tell them proudly who you are. Remember, time is of the essence. Get there as fast as you can. Uh, right, Grody. I'll go now. Thank you very much, Grody. You are very kind. Attaboy, Henry. Go get him, Tiger. And stay out!
What? <laughs> what? I told you tonight was gonna be different. That's right. I'm shaking things up for good. You see, I've always fashioned myself to be a champion of the common man. The kind of radio host you'd buy a drink for if you met him on the street and somehow knew what he looked like. But then I realized my oldest, smarter brother, Wolf Whistle, has been raking in some serious timeshare for quite a while now. Why? Because they cater to the crowds with class. The people the rest of you schmucks work for when you're not hanging on to my every word. So I figured, why not try that approach? Follow in their footsteps, become a radio host of intellectual legitimacy, and have salad with my steak every night of the year. I didn't waste time. I decided to get rid of that bum Henry Challenger and lined up some real characters for tonight. That's right. Henry Challenger is no more. You honestly think I'd keep that pook around forever? That two-time-in-one-track and Bozo was the absolute epitome of my show's disreputable stature. Yeah, you getting angry? Course you would. You all love him because you're the same type. More shots in a night than books in a life, am I right? Well, forget all about it. I'm scrapping, Henry, and I'm scrapping you. I'm bringing on serious cultural heavyweights and making my shot for the title. That's right, everyone. Grotius the Great is officially a member of the cultural elite. Very funny. You don't believe me? I'll count them off. First, we have Leslie Torrance, a Princeton professor of fine art, here to discuss a number of gallery works he's recently reviewed. Second, we have Arnold Sean, an esteemed British diplomat who would love to explain to you the inner workings of international relations. And last, but certainly not least, we have the one and only Alex Valence, Secretary of the Treasury and Financial Guru Supreme. That's right, everyone. This show's days as an airwave monkey house are over. Now, as some of you have already figured, these guests of mine aren't, uh, from around. They're from respectable places. Places of culture and learning. Places that'll take the train a long time to reach. So, while we're waiting for them to arrive... That must be him right now. Hello, Professor. Good to have you on. Um, I guess that wasn't him. He left a note. Damn. I regret to inform you that an unfortunate and unmentionable reversal of circumstances has rendered Professor Torrance incapable of executing his contractually prearranged duty on your show. Die to hell with it! Well, that's a professor for you. He probably just got weak in the knees, these book types. But uh, that's okay, folks. We got more where that should have come from. Mr. Sean? His emissary. I bring a missive. Mr. Sean will not be able to appear on your show tonight. He is currently entangled with extraneous commitments. Commitments of an importance exceeding any obligations he made with your show. Then what the hell does that mean? He's too good for me? Well, yes. He is too good for you. He has better things to do than waste his time on an airwave monkey house. Talked off to by a diplomat's diplomat. At least he had enough stones to give me the shakedown in person. 
Well, that's all right, everyone. There's always Alex Valance. You know, truth be told, with our economy in the toilet right now, I figured he'd be the most interesting speaker. <laughs> I guess he's the winner by default, right? Uh, yeah, right. Well, well, well. Finally, things are looking up for once. And who would you be, honeycakes? Valence's secretary? His wife? Mistress? Personal or professional acquaintance who just so happens to be the most beautiful thing I've ever laid eyes on? Spill the beans, sugar? I already know. Alex doesn't want to appear. He's too cultured and highbrow to show up in a monkey house. We've all heard it before. Still, he's got better taste in messengers than the last guy. Well, not quite. I actually happen to be Alex Valance. And I thought it would be most political to announce my contractual termination in person. Well, um, uh, do you have, like, a, a note or something? Something to make it official? In a way, I suppose I do. Ow! That kind of hurt. Huh. Well, I guess that's it. All three of my guests backed out. And all for the same reason. But wait, I just remembered. Don't worry, folks, this show is still on. Here burning is the candle of remotest hope. Ladies and gentlemen, the last line of defense my show has to offer. Here, dated and signed from my correspondence with the hosts themselves, is a letter that presents an amazing possibility. The possibility that Eliza Storr and Jacob de Grimm of Wolf Whistle might be visiting my show. No, it's not a guarantee, and no, I don't think it'll happen either. But maybe, just maybe, my hope will finally be rewarded. I guess there's nothing we can do but wait, folks. Our breath's held and our spirit's high. Could it be them? Hey, Grody, I think you gave me the wrong address. What? Henry, what are you doing here? Uh, I don't know. I went to that place you told me about, but it weren't there. I think it might be on another street. I don't even... How did you get back so fast? Can you fly all of a sudden? God damn it! There I was, folks. There I was. Thinking I had a shot. And what did I have? I shot Guzzler, god damn it all! <laughs> Gee, Grody, I know you're upset I didn't get my anniversary present, but don't take it too hard. I mean, there's always another one, right? Another what, Henry? You know, uh, another anniversary. Sure, you might have to wait around for a while, like maybe another year or something, but it's going to come around. And when it comes around, oh boy, what a celebration it'll be, Grody. I don't know about that. Did you know that in addition to being legendarily thick, you're also useless? Not in particular. I think if you listen to what I'm saying, I'd be pretty handy. All right, so in another year or so, I'll have another chance. Thank God. Oh, well. 
I don't know what else I should expect from you. I don't know what to expect from anyone anymore. I was thinking I'd try my hand at playing something other than the stiff, the funny guy, the knockaround who plays second fiddle to the A-listers. Maybe that wasn't meant for me. Or maybe it was. Maybe you're right, Henry. Maybe everyone gets a shot these days, and maybe that includes me. Someday I'll get my time in the limelight. Then all eyes will be watching. Until then, until then. All right, folks, we're going to break. You don't go anywhere on me. We'll be right back. composition by two young men named Rolf Hooter and Florian Schneider. This piece is modernity itself, the elegant journey of progress on reason's rails, bringing wealth and glory deep into the continent, through the mountains, across the fields, over the ocean, straight to your living rooms. New York City, we are all aboard this train together. Who are you? It doesn't matter. Are you gonna let me go home, or...? We need to talk. Do we now? What do you want? Money, a subway ticket, your store advertised on the show? I want what's best for you, Jacob. You've stepped over a threshold, one from which you cannot return. You know this to be true. I think you've mistaken me for someone else, pal. If you want to preserve your show, you will meet me at the Longfellow Club at this hour in exactly one week. Think well on your future, Jacob. You know where she'll lead you if nothing is done. Think well and perish the thought. Take nothing for granted. here at 104 WPR Metro. The performers of tonight's programming were, in order of appearance, John Katona as Bertolio, Nicole Leslie as Banquist, Michael Malconian as Grotius the Great, Molly Rose Smith as the assistant manager and Alex Valance, Jerry Schultz as Henry Challenger and Mr. M, J.D. Hawk as the British messenger and radio announcer, and Brock Vickers as Jacob DeGrim. The music for tonight included The International Rag by Al Jolson and Sophia Tucker from the Free Music Archive, sourced under the Creative Commons license. Original music composed and performed by yours truly. Special thanks to Brendan Nichols, Rob Like, and Jason Hardeen for being the studio audience. If you liked tonight's episode, 
follow us at 104WPRMetro on Twitter.com. Like and subscribe at Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and other podcatchers. And be sure to leave a review at Apple Podcasts. 104WPRMetro, bringing you audio fiction of daring possibility.